The Forum at 8 with Kolani Gwala. It is 11 minutes after 8. A very good morning and a warm welcome to the Forum at 8 here on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Well, according to the World Prison Brief, South Africa has the biggest prison population in Africa and the ninth biggest in the world. Correctional Services Minister Mundebele over the weekend suggesting that 30% of these inmates are awaiting trial. Every month in this country, about 23,000 inmates are released, but another 25,000 enter the system. Right then, how do we deal with this problem? And uh, what needs to be done in order, of course, to correct the situation here? We'd like to get your thoughts on this. Weigh in on this discussion. Here are the contact details. Send me an email, gualax at sabc.co.za, gualax at sabc.co.za, or a text message at 34701, 34701. A little later on, we'll talk about, uh, we'll take your thoughts on 0891104208, 0891104208. We'll open the lines for you, 0891104208. Let me welcome my guest then on the program. I'll start with the Minister of Correctional Services, Minister Sboon Debele. Very good morning to you, Minister Debele. Uh, good morning, Kolani. Uh, good morning to the listeners. Thanks indeed for your time this morning. Also on the other line, Soraya Solomon, Chief Executive Officer of the South African National Institute for Crime Prevention and the Reintegration of Offenders, NICRO. A very good morning to you, Soraya. Uh, morning to you and morning to Minister. Good morning, Surya. Thanks, thanks indeed for your time. Minister, I, I, just again looking at these statistics here, uh, we, are the, um, uh, bigger, we have the biggest population, uh, prison population in Africa, ninth biggest in the world. I mean, surely we should be worried about this. Yes, we are worried, and uh, I think uh, we, we, we are also putting in place some measures to deal with the matter, because uh, uh, for a long time, uh, Different departments were not talking to each other. Uh, the correctional service, services as a center, as centers, are only a client department. They receive what the court has ordered, whether it's a magistrate or a judge. When a, a court uh, refuses bail, someone is asked for bail for 500 rands, and they've got only 50 rands. Then they stay in jail okay. at, a, at, a, at an expense of something like just over 7,000 rands a month just because they could not pay 500 rands pay. Some of those people are waiting trial and have been awaiting trial for more than five years, uh, quite a number over two years. So that it's, we, are, we are beginning to talk to each other to say that that is the issue of uh, getting bail uh, to ensure that uh, as long as the, the, the major issue is that a person who is arrested must be present uh, for trial must not abscond. Uh, that, that's what the major issue is. And uh, if we can solve that, and I believe we are, con- we are solving it through electronic mo- monitoring, which uh, we can monitor somebody right up to a meter. So whether they stay in a, an informal settlement or wherever, we will find them. Mm. So that there is no necessity, therefore, to keep them in detention. Because at this rate, Minister, the, the, our correctional centers in this country aren't serving their purpose of rehabilitating these prisoners. They, they, with, with the capacity and, and how full they are at the moment, they obviously aren't serving that purpose. Yes, if uh, you've got uh, an inmate population of uh, close to 160,000 when uh, your capacity is 118,000, uh, you can't very well rehabilitate. You just keep people, body and soul, together in very uncomfortable and uh, uh, in undesirable conditions so that uh, we, we are in breach uh, ourselves. 
so that we should be able to act according to the Correctional Services Act. We should be able to act according to the Constitution. And this is what, uh, from the Chief Justice down, uh, uh, all of us are now addressing that issue. Here's an email from Peter, who, who by the way, has just sent me uh, an email. Uh, he says some data that is publicly available. A few stats. In 1995, the prison population in this country was 111,090. Nine years later, in 2004, the number was over 180,000. Over the next few years, large numbers reduced in amnesties. Why has the number increased over the years, Minister? Do you know? Because it actually worries me, and we have raised this issue publicly. Uh, we remember where we come from. We come from apartheid, and uh, we come from past laws. And uh, most of our writings and research in the 80s was that if you can remove past laws, and then the, the, the prison population will reduce. But if you look at uh, 1985, 86, 87, uh, past laws were removed, but uh, the population remained the same. Then, of course, we then said, well, remove the apartheid laws themselves. They have a democratic constitution. But uh, between 95 and 96, the population still remained the same. It's something that uh, researchers at universities and all of us politically must actually address why are, are, are so many South Africans in prison. It's not a normal thing, because if you compare with other African states, I think the next uh, country that has got such a population is Ethiopia, Ethiopia has got something like 65,000, and Nigeria is around about uh, 45,000, which is uh, four times our population. So it's something that we must look at as a country that uh, we don't want so many people to be familiar with prison. I suppose the worst element of this then are our awaiting trial prisoners, and you pointed out that some people are there for a number of years simply because they can't afford the 200 rand or 300 rand bail that they are supposed to pay. And in the end, those people become hardened criminals because they are incarcerated with hardened criminals. Well, I mean, actually, if we look at uh, close to 160,000, 41,000 of those people are awaiting trial. And uh, somebody is awaiting trial. Uh, they are granted bail, 1,000 rands, 500 rands, and they cannot afford that bail. And they stay three years uh, at, at, at state expense of something like 7,000 rands a month. Uh, it, it's quite something that is incongruous. It's something that uh, departments and government must talk to each other and uh, ensure that one hand knows what the other hand is doing. Because if you say just uh, send a trunk to... Uh, that, 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 that prison can, first of all, cause someone who was just uh, uh, stealing eggs or bread uh, to, to, to stay over two years for something that uh, was costing 10 rands. And uh, you, 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 make, you make that person, you introduce him to a world of crime that they would not have otherwise have got into. And there's another element, and by the way, I'm going to bring you in, Soraya, in a minute, but there's okay. another element, Minister, the element of cost. You say it costs about 8,000 rand to keep a prisoner in jail, and we're talking about 160,000 prisoners. Yeah. Yes. And, I mean, if you, if you multiply that, that's a lot of money. It is. Uh, in 2010, it was uh, more than uh, just, just, just under 200 rand a day, uh, 120, yeah, mm -hmm. a day. So it's about 7,000, 8,000 rands to maintain an inmate inside prison with breakfast, lunch, and, and, and dinner, with the proper blankets and sheets, with a bed, with the medical treatment, 
which is we are enjoined by Section 35 of the Constitution to do that, to keep people in dignified uh, conditions, human conditions, humane conditions, uh, with proper nutrition, exercise, health facilities, uh, and, and that we will do that. That is our claim to being a civilized country, and uh, we, we cannot falter on that. Mm. But at the same time, we we need not have so many people in prison. Uh, Mr. Say what I can add into that, one of the new of the innovations that uh, have been piloted uh, for for a year before I came into this department by previous minister Mapisa uh, Nagula, uh, this electronic monitoring, uh, we have uh, experimented with that for a year now, and uh, it works very well. Electronic monitoring is something it's a, it's a bangle that uh, you cannot take off. We are able to pinpoint where you are. Uh, you, 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 you are within five meters, two meters. We are, we are able to tell where you are. Therefore, it doesn't become such a difficult thing because magistrates were having a problem to give a bail to someone who can't give an address. Uh, and if you are staying in an informal settlement, you don't have an address. So, but once we have this electronic monitoring, uh, the problem of absconding, of not presenting yourself to trial, uh, is eliminated because we'll find you wherever you are mm. within uh, within five meters of where you are. All right. Uh, we'll hear about other perhaps uh, imaginative ideas and perhaps people will call and, and make suggestions about how we deal with this issue on 0891104428. But here's another one for you, Ms. Solomon. Um, the minister was talking about uh, a 160,000 population in a 118,000 capacity, but Bill in Durban, for instance, says build more prisons and bring back hard labor. Is that the answer? Build more prisons? Okay, cool. Building more prisons is not the answer, and I think society needs to understand that. We need to find solutions. There are solutions. If government works with civil society, for example, I'm listening to the minister now about the, uh, the electronic monitoring. NICRO has a state-of-the-art monitoring system, homegrown, not international. We're working with a company. To that monitoring system, we're calling it our, our demand in the community project, where we will assess each, uh, each offender that goes before court and say, look, this is not a threat to society. That person can come into our program. We're trying to get government to actually listen to us. We haven't gotten to the minister yet. We've gotten to other departments to say, look, we have this amazing program. That's one. Two, we have what we call adult diversion. Uh, in fact, last year we had a total of about 10,000 adult diversion cases, and that again would reduce the prison population. We had non-custodial sentencing, and the courts need to use that more. You know, we operate in 45 sites. So, uh, so Minister, my appeal to you is, I know you have, uh, you know, an intersectoral government meeting. If you use our programs, you will be able to reduce the prison population. Right. And I want to reiterate again, building more prisons, we're going to fill it up as quickly as we build them. But Ms. Solomon... Need to look, and, and Kulani, another very important thing. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking about the criminal justice system, but we have to talk about civil society. These people are homegrown in our, our homes, our communities. And civil society is taking an attitude of, well, it's the prison, it's, you know, it's the Minister of Correctional Services problem. It's justice problem. But it's actually our problem. We, we are creating the mon- monsters.
Yeah, but see, and this is the issue, because one, we can talk about all these creative programs, but on the other hand, you have society that says, listen, these people are criminals, and they must serve their time, they must pay their due, they must pay their debt to society by uh, going to prison and by doing time. Yeah, but Kalani, we have have programs that prove that rehabilitation in the community works. Civil society cannot actually say, look, this is not our responsibility. Those mothers, sons, daughters, they come from families, you know. And civil society, we have to, with government, take responsibility. So, first of all, if you, if you look at every, almost every case, leave the white-collar crime alone. But look at the cases of people committing violent crimes and go back to the family, don't, Ninety percent of the cases come from dysfunctional families. So we have to start there. We have to prevent them from getting to the Minister of Correctional Service to his facilities. We as society, as government, as other departments have to prevent that from happening. How do we do that? That's the question we should be asking. That's the question society should be asking. How do we prevent our children from becoming of, uh, these hardened criminals that commit violent offences and then land up in prison? I suppose also, Ms. Solomon, the biggest question for us in South Africa is that why is it our children in particular compared to other children across the African continent? Why are they these hardened criminals? Why do we have 160,000 of them in prison? Absolutely. In fact, we're asking ourselves the same question as Nikro. You know, yes, we deal with those offenders that are not really a threat to society. We have some cases of young offenders that have committed very violent offenses. And the question, yes, we're asking, how, how do we turn the situation around? Now, yes, I hear the minister talk, and I know that people, I come from the struggle background. I know what it's like, you know. But I, I, if I have to relate a personal story, I'm one of five siblings. We lived in a very, very high criminogenic area, gangs. None of us have ever turned to crime. And the question is, why? Why? It's back to that family. It's back there. Yes, we have a hard path, but how long are we going to say that? We've now got to find the solutions. The time has come. And the time has come for both government, civil society, families, every citizen in this country to work together, because if we work together, we can find a solution. But right now, we're very fragmented. You know, society is saying, throw them in jail, lock them up, you know, don't let them come back. That they are the citizens of this land. Mm. We have okay. to tell well, them. They become your responsibility, yes, Minister. Yes. Yes, Minister, come through. Yes, I think uh, Mr. Solomon has just hit it on the head. First of all, let, let, let's get rid of this uh, thing of uh, saying we come from uh, a particular background. Uh, poverty and, and so forth. Poverty contributes to crime, but the poorest countries in Africa are not the the one with uh, more crime. You, you walk to in Malawi or Swaziland or or anywhere. Uh, when we say in the justice class uh, that South Africans must be and must must feel and be safe. When uh, when you're walking in the Sutu or Swaziland or, or, or Malawi. You do feel safe. Your, 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 your shoulders are relaxed and so forth. When you're in South Africa, you tense. You don't feel safe. There's something that is very tense about it. It's something that all of us must deal with in, the, in, the, in, the, in that first instance. Secondly, uh, to, to, to come from poverty does not translate to, to crime. In fact, you would be insulting poor people if we say they, then, then they become crime. People who do cash heist and do all those things are not poor people, are very sophisticated people. 
uh, a person who steals a loaf of bread, they, because they are hungry at that particular time, they eat it, and uh, it's, that's a very minimal thing. So I, I think uh, what uh, Mr. Solomon is saying, let us as a society say, whether religious community, civil society, all of us need to address this question. For, uh, for our sake, we are in May, starting the 20th year of our democracy. Yes. Surely after 20 years, we must have a society where we feel free in our neighborhood. We must not be, feel trapped in our own neighborhood, in our own neighborhoods. And uh, we must deal with the, the, the prevalence of crime, particularly by males. Uh, because uh, in, in any family, you find that uh, the, the, this issue of saying these are prisoners, these are criminals, and so forth, these are your sons and daughters, these are your brothers and sisters. Uh, so it's no use uh, uh, chucking them out and saying they, they are not yours. It's, it's, it's our people, it's our sons, it's our daughters, and we must take responsibility for them. Through this victim-offender dialogue that we've already started, mm. uh, we, we take uh, inmates, and they meet the actual victim. We start putting the victim at the center and say, this is a wrong, not the wrong against the state. It's a wrong against a human being. You robbed somebody, you assaulted them, you trashed their house, and so forth. Come and say, I am sorry. Not, not so much to demand an Apollo uh, that they, they, they forgive you, but say, I am sorry. Mm. And that is beginning to work, as you saw with the Worcester Bomber and many other instances that we are doing mm. on a daily basis on this victim-offender dialogue. Right. So in that way, we're starting to repair society. Maybe this brick that was thrown away by the builder might very well be the, build, the, brick, the brick through which we build a new society. All right. Well, we'll get some more thoughts then on how we build this new society. The issue here is every month we release about 23,000 inmates, but also welcome another 25,000 into the system. What to do about that? Give me your thoughts on 891 and I'll also be taking thoughts uh, through email at gwalax.sabc.co.za, gwalax.sabc.co.za. Lots of your SMSs, I'll read them out for you, 34701, 34701. But let's do that for now. Let's do this, uh, take the news headlines and also go to Rob, and then come back here, what people have got to say. Dennis Bloom already called. Uh, he's on the line. I'll go to him in a minute. 0891 Thank you very much, Robert. It's 27 now to 9. Some SMS is coming through thick and fast. Um, somebody says, we must critically consider not releasing convicts who are sentenced for violent crimes because they come back and rape our grandmothers. My view is that the correctional system is not working. That's according to Tolani Zuma in Richards Bay. Uh, another one from John here in Melville who says, Crime correlates to inequality, not poverty. That's what your guests are overlooking. It says inequality and not poverty. That's uh, John in Melville. Drug addiction, bad role models and government at home, religion ridiculed. That's a sue um, on SMS. Another SMS came through. Uh, people are not stupid. They know when they go to prison, they will get free food three times a day, hot water, free education. 
Uh, who doesn't want that? I just hope that you can hear when these people talk about prison that they are proud of going there. Zola, uh, Eastside. Uh, Zola, Eastside B in Kailicha. That SMS comes from uh, Zola there. Brian and Pulukwana says, a scout group in every two village. Um, I was an awaiting trial prison, prisoner in Sun City in 2004. The cell I was in, I was told, was meant for 35 people, but our body count was around 150. Uh, uh, says somebody who didn't sign the SMS. Let me look at some emails. Uh, Beth in KZN says, Minister, the women and girls incarcerated for murdering their partners were driven by their partner's behavior to commit murder. Please, Mr. Minister, please, can their sentences be reduced or be given amnesty by the president? That's according to Beth in KZN. The minister will respond to you, Beth, in a minute. Uh, but let me read one or two more emails. Um, one comes from uh, Bongani Mashaba, who says, Why don't we have them working for their upkeep? Uh, farm food, tailor clothes, build solar panels, make shoes, etc. That's according to Bongani Mashaba. Prisoners must work for their upkeep. Um, there is also uh, Ken Hard in Burgersfort who says, It is such a shocking revelation from the minister that prisoners live at a cost of 200 rand per day, whereas my family of five law-abiding citizens have to live on a combined 50 rand per day. Harden the prison conditions and people will fear becoming jailbirds, period. That's Ken Hard in Burgersford. Dennis Bloom is on the line. Good morning to you, Mr. Bloom. Good morning, uh, Tualani, and good morning to the minister and Soraya. Yeah. Hi, hi, hi. Yeah, uh, Tualani, let me tell you, um, the problem here is political will mm-hmm. to address this problem. You see, we are singing this song for a very long time. Mm-hmm. The, the, the first minister was Mzimela. Second one, Penskosan. Third one, Balfour. The, 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 the last one, the, the, the one before Ndebel uh, was Mapisa Ngakula. Yeah. All of them are, are talking about overcrowding. Now, you see, the problem is political will. The, the awaiting trial prisoners, we have said, when I was uh, the chairperson that time, we... The minister came to us, Balfour, to say that no, uh, the, the cluster wants to, to have a separate place for this awaiting trials. We went out on, on a campaign to look for suitable uh, places, buildings. Up until today, we are singing the same song. We have identified suitable. You know, there's a lot of government buildings that is standing empty that can be used for these awaiting trials. There's no overcrowding in prisons. The minister there, Ndebel, uh, is 100% correct. 41,000 of these people are awaiting trials. But the political will of government, they don't want to address this. You know, the minister is talking about 220 rand per day for, for, for an inmate. That's nothing. Go to the private prisons. It's 800 rand per day. Uh, 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 what what has been spent hmm. on on prisoners? Now we are going to milk this government. Instead, we must address the problem. But here's here's the question, Mr. Bloom. Uh, you say you were finding different buildings, but isn't that addressing the symptom and not necessarily the the core of the problem? You I'm you can find there, a building. Yeah. I'm coming there. Sure. You see, the problem is I have said it many a times that a person is being sent to prison. Three months, six months, one year, and you know what the law is saying. When, when it's three months, it's half. With other words, uh, it's half, one and a half uh, uh, months there. You are talking up. 
You can't rehabilitate a person for one and a half months. You can't rehabilitate a person for, for three months, six months. You can't. Now, we have said to the magistrates, please don't send this sentence, this prison, uh, these people to prison. Let them, let there be alternative sentencing. Let this person do community work outside. No, it, 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 it does not, it does not uh, help. It does not work. We but, but can address this are, problem to a sure, uh, But Mr. Bloom, magistrates, again, and I'm going to go back to the point I made earlier, are probably responding to pressure from community. Communities that say, lock them up. No, Kolani, I fully agree with, with that. But I'm saying, you are not, you are not letting these people go scot-free. You are sentencing this person to say, go and do work at a school, clean the schoolyard, clean the, the, the churchyard, do community work so that the people must see that this person, yes, it's true, he's been sentenced. To a, you don't let this person go scot-free. The people will be happy with that. Okay. Dennis Bloom, thank yes. you for your call. Thank you. Much appreciated. Minister? Thank you. Yes. No, perhaps, uh, Mr. Bloom, uh, let us talk. We, we, we welcome the ideas and we'll implement the ideas. We've got a crisis in our hands. It's not a, a, pot, a party political crisis. It's a crisis for everybody. Uh, fortunately, in matters correctional, all view, all, all, all parties are, are united, including civil society. But let's come with creative uh, alternatives. Mm. To say you, you've found more buildings, you mean that you are just increasing more prisons. What we are talking about is reducing the number of people who are in prison, who need to be in prison. Uh, if a person is not going to abscond and run away, uh, away from a child date, let that person live uh, in, the, in, the, in their homes and so forth, as long as we know how to find it. One of the ways that has been experimented, uh, as I'm saying, by previous ministers, this electronic monitoring, for instance, is now ready to go, is now going, we're, we're beginning to use it, which is reducing again because the magistrate can be confident that this person, if I give them free bail, they will appear before the court because the courts as such don't want to make money, but they then uh, come with a very heavy bail. So, so I think let's have meeting of minds on this matter, uh, not in a, in, in a manner that we think somebody is going to have a problem with it or object. Let us have solutions because our prison population is a drain to the fiscus uh, and it's quite uh, shameful uh, for a democratic South Africa to have so many people in prison. And we need to reduce that while not letting people get away with crime. Talking about that, Beth was suggesting that uh, women perhaps uh, convicted of killing their husbands, boyfriends who are abusive, perhaps get uh, uh, lesser sentences? Well, that, that's another worry. The, the worry that, that, that I do have, uh, it was a shocker for me to, to find that there are so many women that are in prison. Uh, mostly elderly women, uh, formerly married, or people who were with partners. But uh, in many instances, not all instances, but in many instances, they've been suffering abuse for a long time. And then they, sometimes with a daughter, clap uh, up against the, 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 the husband and, and, and they kill them or assault them in a very, very vicious manner, and so forth. That is not the solution, but 
that is is one of the causes. But uh, others, it's a just a fight about a, a boyfriend and that sort of thing, and the young girls killing each other and, and so forth. But of more serious worry that should be worrying all of us, and uh, I'm happy that the uh, Minister of Basic Education is taking up this matter, is the issue of drugs. Drugs have arrived, fellow South Africans. They are being used by our children across class lines. This is one scale that does not care whether you come from a rich family or not. The poor, the rich are using drugs in schools at 14, 15, 16 years old. And we need to deal with that. It's a serious one. As member of BRICS, we know that how, how, how serious that thing is in, in Latin America, Brazil, and so forth. And, the, uh, and the, it's beginning in India, it's beginning in China. It's beginning here in a very, very big way. Young, young people of 20, you, 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 you find them in prison. How long are they doing? They are doing 20 years, 15 years. At 20, they are doing 20 years. What is it for? Drug trafficking or drug use. And it's one of the major, major problems. And then, of course, it leads to a lot of other crimes as well. Mm. Right. Let's take some more calls. Uh, Nsansa in Mahike. Hello, Nsansa. Yeah, Kolani. Yeah, hi. How are you? I'm all right. Please switch uh, up your radio for uh, me. I would, like, I would like to disagree with uh, the minister. Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah? When he says that uh, poverty is it not, not the one that uh, causes people to do crime. If you can take a look, for instance, go to New York. You find young boys, youth, who are usually who are usually being uh, convicted for house breaks and and such other petty crimes. So if you if you can just take a look and ask them each each one of them, they will tell you that they are strictly poverty stricken, poverty stricken for from where they come from. They, 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 they can't, others, they didn't even get an opportunity to go to tertiary because of, of finances and such things. So basically what I'm trying to say is that the government must focus more on the youth that is being employed, the youth that has to went to school in terms of tertiary level without uh, getting necessary funds from the government, and such things. I don't know if you get me, Kolani. No, I, I get the point. Can I, can I Unemployed you. Yeah, yeah, Minister? Can I answer quickly? Yeah. Let's not look for a silver bullet and say the cause is crime. Because yeah. the poorest countries are not the one that... If, if you go to India, as you arrive in, 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 at the airport, you find people sleeping on the streets. So poor, it's, 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 not, it's not funny. But okay. it's, it's not a country that is characterized by a lot of crime, particularly crime against the person. Mm-hmm. Why do you... Uh, rob somebody of 200 rands and then stab him 52 times. What is it for? Because you're sure. already taking the money that you, you wanted, you see? Yeah, but you, you see, stab somebody's think... house, you've broken in, you've taken everything. Yeah. But you sit there waiting for them to come and then you, you stab them and yeah. stab them and stab them. What, what do you answer there? There is a sickness that we must deal with. No, there is. No, there's, there's no doubt about that, Minister. There's no doubt about it. But perhaps part of the po- point that Santa is raising is that also we must, we must try and, and uh, extend the social security net to other communities because you find young people who are unemployed in the townships uh, who ends up doing drugs, as you were saying, simply because they are, you know, as it were, idle hands become, then they get involved in these kind of things. 
No, I, I think all of us must get uh, together with the Minister Quinty and in, in nation building. Let, let's do that and do all those programs that need to happen because if you, you, you ascribe it, it must also apply simultaneously to Malawi. It can't only apply to South Africa, yeah. that poverty, and then in Malawi something else, or in India something else. I think let's deal with the, our, 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 our heritage of uh, violence and, uh, and this atrocious, uh, uh, you know, fear, you know, we need to work through that. There is something in the psyche that we must work with. It can't just right. disappear on its own. Mr. Solomon, I'm going to come to you in a minute. I haven't forgotten. Bruce is in Randburg. <laughs> Sorry. Bruce, hello. Good morning, guys. Yeah, I've hi. got a really good idea how um, we can reduce the, 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 the drain on the system. If there's 41,000, the financial drain, if there's 41,000 people more or less awaiting trial, mm-hmm. and it costs, um, and they're on bail of us 1,000 rand, that comes to 41 million rand. But the same cost of keeping those people in at 7,000 rand a month is 280 million rand a month. One is in the state for those, those prisoners just pay their bail, get them out of the system, get them out of jail, because it's costing them more to keep them in jail per month than it is to just pay that thousand rand bail. Yeah, but you see, the reason why you pay, you pay bail is that if it is yours, you will come back and uh, be in court. There's no, point, sure. then, there's no point in the state paying your bail because you will skip bail. It's not your money. Well, but as a guy that's on a thousand rand bail, I mean, we're not talking about serious criminals yet. It's probably petty theft. Is he really going to do that? It's just a way to dramatically reduce the overall cost to keeping guys in jail. But, but Bruce, you get the point that it doesn't. Co- yes, I do. Yeah, because it doesn't. It doesn't make sense for the state to it's pay your, your bail yeah. because it's, it's not, not your money. money so you won't care. You won't care. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, uh, good uh, yeah. You wanted to say something, Ms. Solomon? There's been a lot of, uh, you know, uh, focus on the waiting trial because that's a challenge. And I want to appeal again to the minister. We have a program that is state-of-the-art, that's very innovative, that will reduce the waiting trial. That's one point. The other point I want to make, and this is a very different. You know, people are talking a lot about prisons, building more prisons. What are the causes of crime? Yes, there are some poor people that commit crime. There are some poor people that do not commit crime, you know. Mm. So we have a complexity of problems. The, the one thing that Nicole would like to advocate, Minister, is that prison must only be used for violent offenders, really violent that is a threat to society. Prison should only be used for those offenders. The other offenders, there's been, it's been proven the world over, and even by us as Nicole, that the best form of rehabilitation is in the community for those that are not a threat to society. That should be, Dennis Bloom was talking about political will, that should be the political will. Not only, it's, it's the justice system, this just doesn't, you know, sit with correctional services. It's the court, it's the justice system that needs to actually have that political will to say, only violent offenders for, pri- for prison. Okay, right, uh, let's go to see... But, well, I mean, the political will can start with uh, you connecting me with... Uh, with Ms. Solomon after, after, after this. I will do that. I certainly yeah. will do that. I promise to do that. There's yeah. Pio in Arwal North. Hello. Hello. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I want to say, if uh, it is said, uh, the introduction of corporal punishment and hard labor is awful, this population will grow and grow every year. Because if I am a prisoner, I'm getting three meals. Nutritional ones a day yeah. and watching TV 
the whole night. Movies and everything. When I'm out, I'm just uh, raping people. This will continue. Unabated because they say outside the prison is like a hotel now. And that is why people are so killed by people outside because they say you are going to the hotel. Now we will we will just do this to you. All right, All right. Uh, the minister will respond because I'm, I'm wondering whether those perceptions are founded. I mean, we hear a lot of it. Uh, people talk about, uh, uh, you know, Sun City and, and those kind of things. But are, are those perceptions really founded? Are, are, are the prisons, hotels these days? Uh, but we'll, we'll take a break now. We'll come back, take some more calls. The minister will respond. Also, your emails coming through at the Gwala X at sabc.co.za. I'll tell you what people are thinking about this subject. The Forum at 8 with Kolani Gwala. Well, people have also been tweeting at Guala X. That's my handle. Uh, somebody says, in fact, it's Mushi who says, The overpopulation of inmates is created by policies which fail to reduce the gap between rich and poor. Uh, another one says, How does the minister use this huge resource? Hard labor could be the solution here. Uh, another, uh, There's another one, Ian, who says, uh, Justice for those who are not Oscar Pistorius. Horrendous case of injustice. All right. It's uh, something totally different. But also, um, just another chat, or will something really change, uh, says Ian. Uh, will something really change as a result of what people are saying here? Let me read you one or two emails and perhaps take a call as well, come back and get my guests to respond. There's a, an email from Gosanatin Kwanazi who says, from, from my experience I can share with you that Correctional Services Department is really trying the alternatives other than keeping these prisoners out of prison. Um, but these criminals are on the point where it's only better to call them habitual criminals. Prisoners like it the most to be in there than trying to work in changing their lives for the better. I thank you. That's not in Kwana's own email. Another email, uh, Murailane. Your guests uh, speak in forked tongues. They both agree that poverty is not the major source of crime. They agree that poorer countries do not have prison populations as high as South Africa. In those countries, sentences are tough. Prison conditions are very harsh, and in other prisoners, um, in other prisons, uh, or rather, in other prisoners, have to pay for their upkeep in prison. It is a scary place to go. The reason why I don't commit crime, no matter the difficulties, is I have, uh, is because I'm scared of going to prison. If I can't pay for my car, I don't inflate my invoice. If my house is going to be repossessed, I don't sell drugs. If I don't get a tender, I don't bribe uh, the procurement officers. I'm scared of prison. Lock up prisoners, uh, and the more harsher the conditions, the more we will abide by the law. That's Murailane on email. Another email uh, came through from George Tegwane. I think the minister is not coming clear on the real reasons why there's a high number of South African young people in prisons. Reason number one, the high inflow of foreigners coming into the country in large numbers and taking the means of the economy opportunities in terms of jobs, worse part taking SA government jobs. Two, the lack of empowerment of all young South Africans. You will find that every second robot you pass uh, the newspaper man or lady with at least FET college qualification is a South African citizen but go to government department, you will find the administrators without even a matric certificate. Reason number three, drugs coming into the country not making it easy um, either because, again, from stats, young South African citizens are still trapped in this drug addiction cycle. Uh, that's George in Waterport. Uh, let me hear from Puti quickly in Pumalanga. Hello, Puti. Hi, Tolani. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Go ahead, please. All right. Tolani, uh, we will never solve this problem. Uh, we can change ministers. We can change political parties. We can never solve this problem because of our constitution. 
Yeah. Our constitution is wrong in the sense that it disables the government to act. You know, Putin, I think that's a very general statement, but what part of, let me ask you this, what part of the constitution? If you look at countries like India that you, we gave an example with, they've got a very strong national culture and a very strong family life. And this is something that we don't have here, and the government cannot act to do that because everything is against the constitution. What part of the constitution, though? We've got a very big problem. Quote me the part of the constitution you're talking about. For example, if if the government has to introduce uh, legislation that discourage single parenting and encourage uh, married life, a lot of those things that they can uh, uh, that they can introduce will be against the constitution. For example, you know, if you if if you are uh, uh, impregnant a woman, you will be you, you need to introduce legislation that you will be forced to marry that woman. Now, if you introduce something like that, it will be against the constitution. But what part of the constitution? And you know what? I'm not being nasty or anything. It's just sometimes we make these very glib uh, remarks about the constitution. But I think actually it's about how we interpret the constitution and what part of the constitution it's meant to protect us generally as the population. But I do uh, uh, accept that there are certain mistakes made in interpretation of the constitution, Putin, as opposed to the constitution itself. But anyway, uh, the minister can respond. Putin, Pumalana, thank you. Uh, very quickly, let me take uh, Mutala in Durban. Uh, as long as the objective conditions in South Africa remain as they are in the urban squatter settlement, we are going to continue to have this problem. In many countries, they tackled after independence the squatter problem first, made sure that the families live together. Here, they are living in an environment where each individual is on his own, yeah. and they crime, riddle situation. Right. And they are forced to defend themselves and live in that environment. And unfortunately, because of that, we have the largest number of people in the area. If you go to the rural areas in South Africa, deep rural areas, you still find peace, harmony, no threats, nothing. Okay, Mithala and Durban, thank you. Uh, I've really got to wrap up here. Let me start with Ms. Solomon. Ms. Solomon, your, your closing thoughts for me, please. Um, Kalani, it's very clear for me. Every caller that, uh, that spoke talked about the problem outside themselves. My appeal to society, to government, it's our problem. No matter which way we think about the problem, we have to own it. Civil society and government. Right. Minister, Debele? Yes, I agree with Ms. Solomon. I think we need this national dialogue. The crime is a scourge, and the prison is not a silver bullet to solve that. It's the end product of a long process from family to church or, or mosque uh, to school right up, and then it ends up in prison. We pick up the pieces where society has failed. So I, I think we need that dialogue to say that let's rebuild the fabric of our society, the family, so that people belong. Don't disown the problem and say, these are criminals and so forth. They are sons.